Should we as Christians trust the science? And what does this even mean? Does this even make any sense? Let's find out in this episode of According to Sci Faith. I'm Joshua Göcking and you're listening to the podcast of Sci Faith. Christians trust the science? This is the question the title of this podcast episode asks. And of course, it's a loaded question. It's a question which you heard a lot, especially during the time of this pandemic, but also in other times you repeatedly hear this uh, trust the science or trust what science says. And the question is, uh, what does it really mean? Uh, should we as Christians trust the science? What does it mean to trust the science? Or does this statement make any sense at all? And for this, to, to understand this, we need to first un to understand what science actually is. So the word science comes from the Latin and means uh, as much as knowledge. So what science actually is, is the process of acquiring knowledge. So a man, since its beginning, wanted to find out more about himself, about the world he's living in. Uh, there are these questions that people have asked for centuries. Who am I? Where am I from? And so on. And to find an answer to this, they started uh, something like science, where they found out new things about uh, the world and wanted to explain them or wanted to understand them. And uh, science has evolved in different ways uh, throughout the centuries. And the modern science started basically in the 17th century by, uh, uh, b with Newton and many others. And what made, makes the modern science so different from the previous uh, methods of approaching science was that it put a high emphasis on the experiment. And this made it very, very effective because if you had a wrong conclusion about something scientific, you could immediately test it in the experiment and you would know, okay, this was the wrong approach. While earlier uh, uh, times you had wrong conclusions which held themselves for a long time because they weren't put up to, to a test. For example, there was the Ptolemaic uh, worldview from the Greek Ptolemaeus, who had this view of the Earth in the center of the universe and the Sun and the planets revolving around the Earth. But since nobody did an experiment, experiment to test this until Galileo did, uh, the, this worldview was was held a long time by by the people. So. The modern way of doing science by uh, putting a high emphasis on experiment and stating that every uh, claim or every observation and uh, conclusion from this observation has to be um, has to be checked by experiment and all the statistical um, the, uh, analysis that go into that have uh, brought science a long way and made uh, something which we often call the sci sci scientific revolution as it it was a real revolution that it started and that led to um, new discoveries being made every about 20 years or even less uh, since the 1700s which is a remarkable um, a remarkable thing 
but how does this really work? So I, I think everyone knows it uh, basically from school, how it used to be explained. You make an observation, you kind of try to explain this observation and then you make a, a statement about nature and then you try to confirm this statement by doing experiment uh, or, or first doing predictions that the statement uh, would result in and then doing experiments to um, to prove your statement. This is basically how science works but uh, what also is of, of big importance if you look into into the history of science is to do not uh, believe in what uh, previous generations have thought or or challenge um, beliefs that uh, have been uh, stated before or scientific uh, statements that have been stated before so there was this great physicist, uh, Richard Feynman, who was probably one of the greatest physicists of the last century after uh, Einstein, and he stated it in this way. He said, science is the belief in the ignorance of experts. So he said, science is basically distrusting what, uh, no, what experts uh, are saying and uh, saying something else and trying to prove it or trying to make a case for it. And this is how science progresses. And actually, if you look into the history of science, that, that's many times how it went. For example, Isaac Newton, who is basically the father of modern science, thought light to be consisting of particles, which he called corpuscles. Uh, but, but what he thought them to be was uh, particles. But uh, more and more uh, people bec uh, came to believe, or especially one person, Huygens, I, I think was his name, he believed that uh, light wasn't a particle but a wave. And uh, because Newton had such a was the expert on this, many uh, for a long time did not believe what Huygens said. I think Newton himself um, did... Uh, put a lot of doubt on his theories so um, he uh, kind of fought him on this and uh, but in the end uh, they could show that light uh, has an interfer interference pattern uh, and this pattern can only be explained if light is indeed a wave um, if you look at it later uh, with upcoming quantum mechanics you see both were kind of right, but still it serves as an example that um, it to for science to progress, it needed somebody who wasn't known, who was not a, a big figure to, to di have distrust in what the leading experts, in this case Newton, were saying in in order to to make science a progress and this is always or oftentimes how how science uh, goes forward how we acquire new knowledge because we start by usually tend to go to a place where we think we we know it all and then somebody needs to distrust uh, what we held to believe before to um, make uh, advances in science to find new things out so this uh, is usually the way science works. So the statement of science uh, of Feynman that science is the belief in the ignorance of experts is absolutely right. And what this says to our statements, if if we should trust the science, um, it basically makes this statement nonsensical because science itself to pro progress needs distrust in the scientific uh, statements made today. So 
I need to specify this a little bit because there can be a, a confusion. Because what you need to um, understand is uh, science has basically two um, uh, re representations or two manifestations. So there's one part, which is the data. So I, I said uh, the modern science puts a lot of emphasis on the experiment, which is good and which is uh, ha has allowed it to progress that fast and that uh, magnificently so there is our experiments and the results of this these experiments are usually called called data and then there is the interpretation of this data so you can have a lot of data but you can interpret it in different ways and the more data you have the more statistics you have the more ways to interpret the data there is as an easy example you think of a coordinate system and in this you have uh, drawn some points uh, somewhere randomly in there and you can either say okay should i uh, you want to find a law behind these points and you can either say for example okay maybe they follow a straight line maybe if i put a straight line through these points such that every point is kind of near to this line then maybe this describes the data But maybe some other person says, okay, there is like a, a curve in there. Maybe maybe it's a, a parabola or maybe it's a, a, a sine function. Or depending on how the, how the points in the graph are, are, are put, this could all be possible. And even if you have a function which describes the data really, really well, where, where it is such that every point is on the line of the function you have chosen, it could still be the wrong function because you could over over describe the, the data because data is not uh, without error. So every data point usually has a systematic and a statistical error, which, which is just uh, coming from uh, complications in measuring where there's an error on every measurement. And if you have something which perfectly describes the the Curve, uh, the, the points you should be also doubtful because probably you are all uh, you are also describing statistical errors in your in your um, in your function which is not what you want because you want to describe the underlying law you don't want to describe the uh, the statistical and systematical errors which are in the data you want to put that out so There is this this way of where you where you have the data and and you have the interpretation of the data, and even in the data, as I just mentioned, there are errors. There are systematic and uh, statistical errors, which which um, are in every measurement uh, contained. So even in the data, you need to be careful. Even there, you cannot just blindly trust what the data says because there's also a, a, a bias in the data. Okay, in the, in the hard sciences, you might say, okay, there, what bias can there be? It, it's just science. And you're probably right, but also there is, is bias occurring. But for example, in the humanities, uh, this become, can become a real problem where, where, where you can say, okay, which sample sizes they used for their polls, uh, which people they asked, how did they ask the questions and so on, which can change the result uh, that you receive, but which uh, is actually just an error in the, in the results. Uh, so a statistical or systematical error, but not the, in, uh, the, the true statement. So... In German, we have this saying that you say, don't trust a study you did not fake yourself. 
and there's some truth to that. So if you have a study where your own biases are put into the study, then the result will change depending on which bias you have. So uh, this needs to be considered if you are considering scientific data. And there's also like um, how uh, you need to check how accurate, how, how, how um, rigorously the study was done. So this is also very important, but then more than that, the interpretation, there's it's even more vague. There you need to be even more careful because the interpretation also depends on a personal bias. So, and this is one statement that I make in my book, which uh, right now, unfortunately, only is available in German. Um, but there I do this differentiation between the scientific data and the interpretation. And I say, even if all the data can hint uh, that hints to something is true, the interpretation of this might not be uh, might still not be true. I use the example of uh, evolution and and say that all the data hinting to uh, evolution might perfectly be true. And I myself believe that most of these data is completely. Uh, accurate because there have been many scientists working on this and um, many scientists from different beliefs also. So I, I, I tend to believe that this data is true, but that by no sh by no means that this actually mean that the, the interpretation of this data needs to be accurate also. So there could be a completely different interpretation of the data, uh, which would still describe all these uh, scientific data, but uh, be, be tr still um, a, a completely different interpretation. And this is what one also needs to consider in science. So there's on the one hand, the data, which also needs to be considered with reasonable doubt. Uh, and on the other hand, there's the interpretation, which uh, needs to be considered with even more doubt because um, the, the interpretation can be biased highly. And so especially if the, the science is pretty new or if, 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 if there's a new topic on which we are gathering science, there are many of these uh, things occurring where, where the data is misinterpreted or where you have too few data to actually uh, say something fundamental and uh, where, where then the data maybe gets misinterpreted, where new data comes about which changes the view on things. And so there you need to also always be careful and be uh, kind of doubtful about the results or maybe more skeptic. So in the... In my book, I also have a section about uh, skepticism and doubt where I differentiate those two. And I think what science clearly tells us is to be uh, skeptical in a scientific way, but not uh, doubtful in a way where we just doubt uh, scientific results that are clearly um, proven or not proven, but where clear evidence is available. So what uh, to come back to my point there is a, a, there is an importance to be a skeptic about a, a data which is a, a, the scientific way to do things so and and this is especially true if there are new things coming up like uh, new viruses new uh, things that we would didn't know something about before and the data is come coming in live because if you might have noticed most of the science we are talking about today if you are talking about newton and his mechanics if you are talking about quantum mechanics even the the science behind this has been done uh, 
hundreds of years ago. The quantum mechanics was, uh, the theory is relatively new, but it was um, stated in the 20s of the last century. So it's almost 100 years old by now. So uh, this is science which where a lot of time has passed and a lot of experiments have been done to again and again um, confirm this theory. But if there's something new coming up where we have live data coming in, then it's something completely different because anytime there could be new data hinting at new things that we didn't knew about before. So there's especially in such an instance a, a, a high importance of being skeptic in a scientific way. So if you if we are in such a situation as we are now, so what shall we do? What is to do? And I think from a scientific point, it's really important to discern the data, to look at which data we can trust, which is really data that has been... Uh, acquired in a trustworthy way in a way which is rigorous in a way which is um, accurate and which in, in which data we cannot try this is oftentimes much harder than it seems and usually it needs a lot of uh, scientific experience to do that so if you now say oh, i'm not a scientist i'm not uh, uh, educated in this uh, area what do i do And I think for us Christians, there is one point uh, which helps us out. So first, I would say, um, I think I'm not a scientist also. It's not a really good excuse. I think we should all be kind of educated in all these areas. And it's uh, today pretty easy to become um, educated enough on such a topic. But even farther than that, we have uh, we as Christians have this uh, gift which uh, can help us in especially such a way very much. This is um, what the Bible calls the, the gift of discernment or the gift of discerning the spirits. And you can read about this, for example, in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10. Um, where it says to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between the spirits. And then he, Paul lists some other gifts. So he co talks about the distinguishing between spirits. And in 1 John uh, 4, um, John gets more specific where he says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone in, out into the world. And then he in, in verse 2 he says, This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus is not from God. This is the Spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. And then in verse 4 he says, You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And now it gets interesting in verse 5 he says, They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. So what I think it's interesting is that... Um, John he talks here about the viewpoint of the world and basically that's what we achieve in, in science sometimes is we an interpretation of the data 
which is a few point. It's just first of a, a neutral few point, but most of the interpretations of science are from the world, and that's why most interpretations of science are such a viewpoint of the world. And I think one should notice that the data itself is kind of neutral. I, I mentioned the bias that ca can come in there, but it uh, usually it should be or in a in a perfect way it would be completely neutral and there would be the viewpoint of the world and of course there also is the viewpoint of god and i think by this gift of discernment that the bible talks about we can really uh, get discernment of how the data is to be interpreted in the correct in in in, in the right way we don't probably don't even need to have this scientifically put out in in a special way but we can discern in the spirit which uh, response to the scientific data is the right one. And especially what what I miss to say is, if you don't have this discernment of the spirits, you can also have, have this, or what many people then do is they act according to their beliefs. So if, if the, the trust the science uh, is also so oftentimes that people act according to what they believe to be true and call it science because they base their opinion on what to do so loosely on science. But um, what uh, the, the approach is still not wrong to say, okay, these values, these uh, things that we have, be that, that we believe, Let's look what they tell us in, uh, when we don't have the scientific data to know much much about what we what what scientifically might be the the right answer. And even if we need to interpret the scientific data, we often interpret it interpret it from what we believe uh, and uh, which values we hold. So this might in either case be the right answer. But more than that, I think as Christians we should really practice this gift of discernment of the spirits to discern what is from the world and what is really God saying what is really the thing that God tells us and so my recommendation in all this is to really learn how to uh, how to um, discern the spirits and it's helpful I think to also learn a little bit uh, about uh, about science about how to interpret scientific data uh, because the, the spirit can then also use this uh, to um, help us to discern between what the science really says what um, how sure we can be of this these statements and if we can trust in it or which response we should take to these uh, data and this finally brings us to maybe the hard question behind this which regards our personal decisions should i get vaccinated or should i not get vaccinated this is often the question right now behind all those um, trust the science um, statements and my my recommendation here is don't listen to the viewpoints of the world if they are pro vaccination or anti even anti vaccination so don't listen to either of them if they are coming from the world so use this or, or try to use this gift of discernment this uh, of discerning of the spirits and uh, i recommend a, a kind of studying the scientific data and then in discernment of the spirit 
ask the Holy Spirit which is the right decision for you, which one you should take. And I think there, if you get vaccinated, there is no sin in that. If you don't get vaccinated, there is no sin in that. I think uh, Christian scholars have agreed upon vaccinations being up to uh, uh, up to the liberty of each believer. So you don't need to feel condemned if you do either if you take either decision but also it's important i think to know that god can protect you either way so he can protect you you if from maybe adverse effects effects of a vaccination or he can protect you from the virus i think it's important however to um, discern the spirits in this to uh, know what the the science is saying and also to know how to interpret this and also to have the discernments of the spirits uh, in which is the right course of action for you individually also it might be just uh, as always be a good idea to consult with your doctor and uh, people you trust and if you especially if you don't have a scientific background Uh, then it might be wise to consult with somebody who has a scientific background but who is also somebody you would trust and you would uh, know that he is really uh, recommending you the, the, the right thing to do or what in your personal situation will be the right thing to do. But that's just uh, some points um, about this I, I wanted to make. Um, I think it's best if you have peace about the decision you are going to take. If you can have can say that you have really this peace that is above all understanding with the decision you choose, I think that cannot be really the wrong thing to do. So um, in conclusion, we can say that the statement trust the science really does not make any sense because science itself trusts on you to uh, not uh, to, to be skeptic to be skeptic of of the uh, data and to be skeptic of the interpret especially skeptic of the interpretation of the data so science is the process of finding new things out and this requires doubting the status quo and so uh, in conclusion we can say that the statement does not really make sense and that it needs the right discernment uh, to um, make the uh, get the right responses out of the data that we are presented with in science so i hope this could help you and give answers to uh, questions about science especially science in in today's worlds of course this can Be not only applied to our current pandemic pandemic it can be applied to what uh, to do about climate change it can be uh, applied to all the other kinds it can be applied to what should a christian think about theory of evolution and so on it could be applied to almost every scientific uh, topic and if you want want to find out more then i recommend you to uh, subscribe to this podcast Give a five-star review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. This just helps the algorithms uh, to uh, to show this podcast to an even broader um, audience. And so I recommend you to do that. And you can on my webpage, sci-faith.de slash en, you find the English part of the webpage. There are also some blog posts, uh, which also um, are podcast episodes that you can listen after this one. And so 
just check it out um, and get yourself acquainted to Sci Faith. And as I mentioned, I have written a book about this topic of uh, science and faith and how they can work together. And this book right now is only available in German, unfortunately. But if you are interested in having this as a version in English, uh, then you can just write me uh, in the contact formula and uh, just spread the podcast to your friends. So if there are a lot of people who are really interested in reading this book in English, I will uh, try my best to translate it or get it translated. So if you have interest in that, then just let me know. If you also have other questions that you would like to be uh, be answered on this podcast, then just uh, you can also write me uh, with the using the contact formula on my webpage and then I will also do that. So I hope you have enjoyed this podcast episode and um, in the next uh, weeks I will also produce more content regarding... Uh, Uh, topics or uh, similar topics also we will look into um, what I did not mention right there but the scientific method as I believed has come about um, <clears throat> from many Christian um, philosophers or many Christian scientists and I think there's a connection between the scientific method being created and uh, the Christian faith of those uh, who created it And uh, this is pretty interesting and it kind of shows that science and faith are not so far apart, but rather that uh, the faith had a great impact on science becoming so effective as it is today. So stay tuned for that and until next time.